Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome. This is the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler. Along with Mr. Evan Barnard and Ira Work hanging out with me in the studio today. So listen to radio and, and uh, my wife listens to news and she has Fox News on, you know, on the, on the radio of my vehicle. And it just, I was just too lazy to change it. And I saw a commercial. Well, it's a pretty short drive for you anyway. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a big deal. But I, yeah, I was listening to this commercial because you hear these New Year's commercials and New Year's marketing and all that kind of stuff. You got to change the new year. 2024 is a new year. You got to do something different, right? Uh, so I'm listening to Charles Payne's commercial on his new book. Uh-huh. And Ira tells me that he, <laughs> he, bought, he bought the book. Of course I bought the book. Bought it or, or just you got it for free? Well, okay, so I paid for shipping. See, there you go. Okay, you got it. You paid for shipping. There's no no such thing as free, Paul. Well, that's true. So anyway, so uh, any, I was listening to the commercial and, and Ira goes, you know, he just wanted to see what was in it. And I says, I can tell you what's in it. <laughs> and he's like, what? If you listen to the commercial... It's like unstoppable something or other, unstoppable investor. I can't remember the name. Who cares? But, you know, anyway. Charles probably uh, does. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> but, you know, I'm listening to the book, and he says, we had 300,000 people got the book the last time. Wow. And I was like, okay. This is bestseller, 300,000 people. And, and you know, was, I guess it was given away, but you paid for shipping. I didn't know how that worked. It's Unbreakable Investor. Unbreakable Investor. So why did he have to write a new book? That was part of the commercial. That's what I thought was so interesting. Okay. Because COVID happened. I think it was banking, interest rates. It was like oh, he, it was a list of short list of things. Uh-huh. And I wish I had the audio of it, but it was a short list of things as to why he had to write a new version of the book. Wow. And my point is always, well, you know... That's what markets do. They throw something at you that you don't necessarily expect. And therefore, what happens is all of a sudden your investment strategy is out the window when something new happens that you didn't expect. Right. I mean, that's what I think is so funny about it. It's that's why you have to continually go back to the media. You have to continually go back to you know the news programs. You have to read the new latest book that somebody comes out with. You know, the right. first time I wrote, Above that, I had to think of the original title. Above, above the Maddening, the Maddening Crowd. Crowd. I got, what, 10 plus years of traction out of that. The only reason I wrote a new version, Confident Investing, is simply just to update the data, but I didn't have to update any of the information whatsoever. But here, this person has to re-up the entire book because COVID, or because interest rates, because whatever. And I just thought that was comical, you know, that... You have to go and redo everything because something happened. So that just shows you how problematic the investment industry is. If you're, as you, as you guys like to say, often quote, you know, yeah. you know, if, if your investment strategy requires a forecast, it's, it's broken it's before you broken. start. Yeah, yeah. So did he change his strategies of? 
I don't, frankly, I don't know if he's talking about stock picking or options trading or what in his book, but did he say, I've revamped yes. how I make decisions yeah. or something like that? Yeah, wow. the strategy was changed. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's my point. Wow. Which is just, wow, okay, there we go. You go and have to come up with a totally new strategy. Well, what, who, what happened to the people, the 300,000 people that bought the previous book that had the previous strategy that didn't work because something unexpected happened? He might have to sell another 300,000 books, Paul. And then... But <laughs> <laughs> he's giving them away. Yeah. Well, that's right. Then, you know, whatever else happens next... UPS will make money. You know, it'll be the, late, it'll be the next thing that happens. Wow. Speaking of New Year's stuff... So I don't know if you guys got the mailing. <laughs> I get mailings all the time. Uh, it, it was a mailing on free dinner. Oh, I get, uh, at, I get those a lot. Do you, you, you? Yeah. Okay. You're in that in that demographic I, too. I'm, I am old enough to be getting those postcards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Although the good news, I will say, was that. Is we're past open enrollment for Medicare, so those mailings have stopped coming to the house. Oh, that is nice. So now it's just back to the retirement workshops. Well, I, so I, so I had an idea. <laughs> I had an idea for a mailing. Anyway, there we, and I'll, I'll explain what it is in a second. Because there was an article in, in Kiffinger says, uh, "What about those financial seminars with free steak dinners?" Uh huh. And that's basically what I got an invitation to. Was that? Yeah. And uh, it says, you know. It, it's one of the more popular prospecting strategies for financial advisors over the past couple of de- decades is the dinner seminar. While popularity has waned recently, I don't know that it has, not around here anyway. Iris, your, your clients still down in Florida, they still go to free dinners like how many times per week was it? Um, no, I don't think so. They're not, they're, they're not doing dinners They're not as telling much. me if they are. Oh, okay. All right. Well, they, they, they were though. Yeah, they were. They were saying that. Um, no, the, the funny thing was, uh, they did say to start off with, "We want you to know you're our coach." Yeah, yeah. And we're not changing anything. Yeah. But do you know that we can go to a free dinner like three nights a week? Yeah, it's just insane to me. I'm like, well, you get to save a lot of money on food. Yeah, and uh, get get good meals. You know, and then they asked me, "Well, do we need a stretch IRA?" Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, no, yeah. you don't, because you already have that. Right. You have all your beneficiaries named. Whoever and and gets then, out then all and, of a sudden the rules change. And you can't do it anymore anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then you write a new book. Yeah, that was great. But you got a free meal out of it, <laughs> learning the strategy. Well, then, then, then I guess you uh, sell a new annuity. Well, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, they're just saying that the invitations to the seminar go out to many individuals in a geographic area. Uh, the the invite is to learn more about a certain topic, usually ones that involve some form of retirement, some sort of retirement topic. Tax reduction strategies, that's big. I mean, they, you know, pe- people respond to it. And, sure. you know, th- th- I'll talk more about this in the third hour, but, you know, this is something that I'll just make a real quick comment on. I think the most, one of the more, the funnier articles that I saw during the course of this year was this article talking about, oh, surprise, you know the biggest determinant of your success in retirement is actually how well your portfolio is put together. <laughs> and, they're, and they were talking about it in this study, wow. how people are, are focusing so much time on taxes, social security strategy, you know, the, you know yeah. those types of things. They're, they're focusing on things, but the very, very most important thing 
was investment strategy and how portfolios were put together. But, you know, literally when you go to these workshops, they're actually teaching things that are anti the academic establishment. Well, yeah. And, and uh, hopefully I don't steal any thunder from the third hour, but, you know, we, we talk a lot about behavior and portfolio construction and the things that cause people real problems. And uh, I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday on this topic. You know, we were talking about taxes and he said, you know, I want to get to the point where I'm paying a million dollars in taxes because <laughs> that means you made three mil anyway right. or close to it. If you live in this state, you know, and you don't have to deal with state tax. But if somebody makes an investment mistake, if somebody is sitting in cash when the market has a 20 percent year, they don't have a tax problem. They have a no money problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I totally True. get that the portfolio drives that because if you're not making a return, taxes aren't your issue. Well, there, there was an article and we'll hit it at some point, but it was about investing at various ages. Mm -hmm. And as you know how you when you have a phone, your, your smartphone and it comes up and it shows you some article pops up in front of you that you need to read. <laughs> well, that was the article. It was, you know, investing at various ages. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pull this one up and see what they say. I pulled it up and there are several things. There are some things that were right. Yeah. I mean, there's some things yeah. that were, were dead on right about it, but there are some things that were very, very wrong. And that is why I think a lot of people end up in such a mess is because the things that are wrong are so wrong mm -hmm. that they cause tremendous problems. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, and, and quite often behavior is an issue. But there, you know, are, there are only three ways to reduce taxes. One is to, as you said, Evan, keep your money in low-yielding investments. Mm -hmm. Another is to give money away to charity because then you get a tax deduction so you can lower your taxes. And the other is to just make less money. You missed the fourth one. What's that? Tax evasion. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, you know, look, I do everything legal here. I, I didn't say you. You said you were there four. You said there were three ways. I'm I was not waiting giving, for the, yeah, I'm not I was waiting for the last way. Lewis, <laughs> Supreme Court Justice Lewis Brandeis just rolled over in his grave with that comment. <laughs> oh. So, you know, they say once you arrive for dinner, the seminar at night, the talk usually follows a certain path. There's a problem facing you as you get closer to retirement. Taxes. Creating a paycheck how to take social security and market volatility. Then once the presenter spends time, talk about the challenges and they talk about potentially scary and they potentially scare the audience. They offer solutions. How nice of them. This is Kiplinger again. Uh, it should be obvious. The solution is usually something that they're selling. They need to recoup the cost for all the steak dinners and that in you and everyone else around them, just around you, just enjoyed. It makes sense. There could be some issues. Yeah, go figure. There could be some issues, and that's just it. This is the time of the year you're just going to get a lot of those types of invitations, and typically the information you get will be very much designed to scare you because try to motivate you to do something. And quite often, it's having you do things that uh, don't really make a whole lot of sense. I'm, I know some of these workshops yeah. on annuities, uh, they, they do the ratchet and you know those types of things as ways of trying to get people to do things that they shouldn't. Yeah. And particularly thinking about the strategies themselves, not even so much the investment product that they may be uh, talking about because you know towards the end of last year, we were hearing all the stuff for the oil and gas 
leases because we were close to being able to use a depletion allowance or something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, to me, the majority of times, the strategies that they're talking about fit a very narrow segment of society. And so it does raise your worry factor, but most of that just doesn't apply to the people that come in and say, hey, I heard this. You know, you're kind of kidding about your client asking about the stretch IRA. Right. You know, I heard this thing. Yeah, you don't need to do that, you know, but it's a right. pretty narrow range that they're creating fear. Well, the estate, but everyone's estate listening. planning sometimes, too. You know, some yeah, of the estate planning yeah. strategies are things that people you don't have enough assets to worry yeah. about what they're going to tell you about. I don't have 20 million. I don't have to go to the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, that, that's just it. Twenty six. Oh, is it now? Yeah, it's like 13 each. 13 million a person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, well, and then, then the, the issue is the state tax laws change and everything you just learned right. goes out the window. It'll sunset and, and, and a year, I remember, right? It, re, well, it, it reminds me of a conversation I was having with a state planning attorney one time. Right guy. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he was a real sharp guy. And, and I, he and I were talking on the phone. He says, eh, Paul, I'm getting out of this. And because he did a he did very advanced estate planning. Now mm -hmm. I'm not talking about just somebody in a estate planning attorney that sets up wills and trusts and those types of things. He was doing advanced strategies to avoid estate taxation. Yeah. And I says, man, why are you getting out? I mean, you have spent all this time learning some really really complicated stuff. And he says, here's the deal. He says, I will set up these things for yeah. people. And I'll come up with all these these really really sophisticated strategies, and then I can't get anybody to implement them. Yeah. And the reason, and of course, the reason was because you know so often when you wanted to implement these strategies, the way to avoid estate taxes was to completely give up control over your estate. Yeah. And they just people couldn't stand the idea <laughs> of doing that. It, it's it's like annuities. I mean, think about it. You know, these all these guarantees on annuities that they uh -huh. have. You know, I saw something. There was an ad popped up on the Wall Street Journal. Mm, Wall Street Journal, Smart Money. I can't remember. It's one of the websites I went on this morning. It was eight and a half percent guarantee on your annuity. And of course, you know, you're talking oh, about for the first year. Well, an income rider. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, So wow. so in eight essence, man. yeah. So in essence, what they were doing is they come out with this number eight and a half percent. But it's really phantom money. It's oh, a fake yeah. number, right? It's a guaranteed rate of, re of return, but that only um, that only applies if you annuitize it, which is you give up control over your money, number one. Number two, that phantom number is just a makeup number. And I did a, did a video on this a while back where I took two different products. One of them had a lower rate of return. The other one had a much higher rate of return. And the lower rate of return product actually gave a higher income in retirement. And it was because the higher rate of return was this fake money that you were going to draw an income off of. It's complicated. I get it. It's really weird. I mean, you look at it and go, hey, I'm going to have $500,000 with this one product, and I'm only going to have three hundred dollars with this one. But the three hundred thousand was going to pay a higher income than the five hundred because the five hundred was a made up number, as you know, because the insurance company decided how much the income was going to be. Right. Yeah. You know, so it, you control the cash flow. The return doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So it, you know what happens is that you know you'll see these these things out there and people giving up control over their money is just 
I, it's not a big I, I segment wanna, of yeah, society. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not a big segment of society that says, "Oh man, yeah, I would just love it's, to give up control well, over my money." Yeah, the last number I saw, it's only like three percent of people ever annuitize. I mean, it's, 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 it's about right. Single digit it's for sure. Right. Yeah, three to five is all I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it's very very low. Yeah. So as much as people talk about it, it doesn't uh, doesn't sell real well out there. So anyway, so we got um, there's lots to talk about on today's show. Uh, I. I had high hopes for this article, but it's it wasn't really necessarily what <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say. I was for hoping the show. it was going to be. <laughs> Has it been that bad in ten minutes? <laughs> I had high hopes I for this hopes article, for this which was on saving Social Security. Let me let me finish my sentence for Christ's sake. Uh, and then is going you know buying car. A little news about that. A uh, little bit of uh, news about mortgage interest rates. Some things interesting going on out there. Um, investing stuff. We got lots of stuff. We'll. We'll be plenty busy. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to the Investor Coaching Show. Be back right after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything that we do is fee-only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, so one of the reasons that we like 401ks, right? If you work for a company, you got a 401k. One of the reasons we like it is that, you know, not only the tax benefits of it, it's forced savings. But also you get a match, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you get an employer match, and we look at that, and we say it's free money. Don't you? What's that? You did it. You got it out there. What? Free money. It's not free money. You well, work, it's not you free. It's free to you. you no. Well, you, the As I had said to you once before. Okay. If I sign up okay. for Nissan's 401k <laughs> plan, and they put money in, that's free money, because I'm not working there. I'm not creating profits for the company to match my 401k. It's money that you're entitled to for having for working there that you're choosing to either accept or forfeit. But it's free money. Because <laughs> if you don't put no your such, money in there, no you thing, don't get that money. No such thing as free. <laughs> Tastes great. No That's such Philly. thing as free. Tastes great. <laughs> oh, you guys are too much. So there's another way you can get a match. You ready for this, guys? SoFi offers a 2% match on your 401k, or on your IRA, excuse me, through tax day. Wow. <laughs> all, all I could do is just kind of laugh as I was looking at that going, they're going to match if you set up an IRA, and who would think that there is some way that they're not going to make that back in spades? Yeah. Uh, you know, through whatever is going on. But I just thought that was, what a creative bit of marketing that one is. Well, it's the same as these, uh, you know, several of the brokerage houses over the last. You, you haven't actually heard that a lot since COVID, frankly. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, hey, if you open this account, we'll give you 600 bucks or a set of golf clubs or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah you, toasters you in the 1970s, right? Well, Remember toasters really nice for your toasters CDs? for the banks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just... Um, a, I don't know. I mean, we go to jail if we tried to do something like that with clients. That's that's kind of the frustrating thing. Is it is frustrating? Yeah, okay, give people free money. That's yeah. at least going to get someone in the door. It but is frustrating. Who, who well, thinks well, that's going to work? Well, they had a paragraph, and and I thought that this you guys would find this interesting. It says uh, the ongoing expansion of their active invest. <laughs> okay, so right there you see that there's a lot of probably trading going on yep. to more than make up for any match that they're giving you on your account and automated investing platforms uh, meant to improve access, blah, 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 blah. And then they says the expanded program includes uh, access to fractional share trading. Mm-hmm. So there you go. St- stock picking. Yep. Individual stocks. And I know you got something on that. Evan might be a good time to pull that one out uh, and access to educational articles on investing. And my thinking there is that is a big deal, right? We often talk about education, but the problem is that when we're talking about education here, we're talking about educating you to do what? The right thing. What are they talking about? Having you do education, educating you to do what is profit. Yeah. And which is profitable to the company. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would look at it and it'd be like having the big bag wolf, you know, give you advice on building materials, you know, for the, for the <laughs> I'm not just, I just don't, I don't think it's a good idea. Good one. Good one. Yeah, well, anyway. So Evan. Well, yeah. Um, this actually came, uh, I think it was out of Morningstar looking at the typeface. It could be Bloomberg, but um, this was an interesting article that caught my eye. Betting big on stocks rarely beats boring investing and the subhead plus the outsized role of the magnificent seven stocks in active fund managers portfolios and it was an interview and what they were doing was they were looking at historically funds that placed what they call a big bet and so the article kind of described how they arrived at the number but basically if a fund held 8% of the fund or more in a particular stock, they called that a big bet, Mm -hmm. okay? And they've noticed a trend that active managers are increasing the big bets that they're taking. Really? In funds. Some of that. Some of that, yeah, the concentration is due to the size of the Magnificent Seven. And almost by default, they're ending up with a big percentage of their fund in mm-hmm. a couple of stocks. But here was the interesting thing is, does the big bet help or hurt the portfolio? And that's where the interview took a put, took a deal. This says, if you look at over the holding period of the stocks, the stocks that were the big bets, mm-hmm. roughly 60% of the bets paid off. So right there, you think just a simple coin toss is a 50% Mm-hmm. Chance it's better or worse. Mm-hmm. So they slightly beat the odds of 60% paid off. And what that means is over the holding period, the stock beat its underlying benchmark. So it was a winner. Mm-hmm. But over the same period, the funds that held those stocks only beat their benchmark 37% of the time. Oops. So in concentrating this position in a big bet, 
they were there was enough either other <laughs> other fleas on the dog or however you want to characterize it. Yeah, the, at least like you said, fifty fifty wasn't benefiting, and they were actually losing money. And when they started to dig further into the numbers, if you looked at you know, when the fund had grown to a large percentage or the stock, excuse me, mm-hmm. they held that stock until it had drugged down in the fund, you know, before they decided to sell it, you know, their big bet when they unwound it. And the bottom line is, if you looked at their overall performance. So you're saying they held it too long? Is that what you're saying? They, may, they maybe then, held the then, stock then too it, long. Then, then when it started to go down and it was too late right. by the time and it, it was went a down. big percentage of the fund yeah. when it started going down. But here was here's to me the money quote. So on the side of the funds that underperformed their benchmarks, if you took the bets out of those funds, meaning the stocks that were, quote unquote, the winners – Ninety-eight percent of them would still have underperformed their own benchmark. Wow! So SoFi is encouraging that's high, totally uneducated people to do this behavior, and the fund managers in this particular article and study ninety-eight percent that do make big bets, the fund doesn't even beat its benchmark. Well, and you look at the S and P five hundred right now, which is where a lot of people yeah. think of as the market. You got seven percent of that index is Microsoft, over seven percent. Yeah, over seven percent is Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there you go. You got fifteen percent of the portfolio, two stocks out of five hundred. Yeah, it's just absurd how much concentration there Re- is. Read the top five. I have a comment. Uh, Microsoft, maybe. Apple, Amazon. I mean the percentages. Eight, oh, 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 uh, seven. Uh, just just shy of seven and a half, seven and a half, three and a half, uh, three two, and. Uh, yeah, you told me. The top oh, they five. just make it. Because, see, uh, you know, under the 1940 Act, you can't have a concentrated position in more than 25% of the fund. Mm. And I mean, just just having exposure to those five stocks got us really close to 25%. Yeah, you got, you know, we're at 15, 18, uh, let's say 21, about uh, 23, 24, 25. Uh, yeah. You're about, man, that is. It's huge. interesting. Like 30% of the portfolio. Is in top 10. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible level of concentration. Out of 500 companies, it's like zero point less than, well, less than 1% of the portfolio is 30% of the holdings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at it that way and you go, gosh, you know, people don't recognize how much risk that they're actually taking yes. when they're concentrated in that way. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.